And I think many of the young adults also shared in their testimonies. Only when they started to fight and engage in spiritual warfare for their families were they able to see how much they have been deceived up, and up until now. And as I started to engage in the spiritual warfare for my family as well, I started to realize how the enemy has been attacking the, the servants, the Lord's servants of this age. And there, there were many things that I overlooked in my relationship with the Lord. Because before I thought that the Lord's love, as long as I knew of the Lord's love, it could cover everything in my ministry. But that's not the case because I excluded, I excluded the importance of, of, of realizing and receiving His glory. So if I was to uh, make an analogy, I can tell you as, as a husband that what, after you have received the love, you have, after you have been clothed by the love of your wife, but also clothed by her glory, you would experience a new, a new level of relationship, a new uh, level of peace that comes from that, that, that state. And I wasn't aware of, that, aware of that before. And I only knew of love. And uh, I can tell you from experience that just knowing one aspect of, of the Lord's uh, relationship with you is very difficult because even, even while receiving the love of the Lord, if you don't receive His glory, then you're, you're neglecting another aspect that the Lord can come and touch you with. For example, I knew of the Lord's love, but I still went through a lot of difficulties and sufferings because I didn't understand how to receive His glory. But when I look at our pastors, pastor, our main pastor, and especially when he's ministering the pastors of other churches. That is not a simple task. It's not an easy task. But if one pastor was to be transformed, be turned and be changed by the Lord's, by the Lord's grace, then that means, a pa- that, that means a new season is upon that church. And while I'm looking and listening at the young adults testifying, I realized that God has really, truly allowed a new season upon us as well because He is touching and changing the members of our church. And not just that, this, this, this transformation trans- transcends our church and goes into Zoe ministry and goes into uh, the remnants and goes into this day and age. And that's the inspiration that God has given to me. So today I'm going to share from the book of Galatians. And it's a book that you are you are all very familiar with. And I have prepared a lot for this message. <clears throat> but I'm not sure how to how to uh, go through the message today. It's not because I don't have a lot of time, but because I'm trying to follow the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. The theme of the Young Adults Conference was to not is do not mix. Do not mix. But the one thing that I learned while attending this church is was it's rather than focusing on what is false and trying to take out what is false, you when you when you are familiar with the truth, then what is false becomes very clear to you, and that's why it's easier. Uh, it becomes very easy for you to take away what is false once you see the truth. And that becomes very natural once you see the truth. So listen to the testimonies of the young adults. They have all met the Lord in this conference. And that's why they're not trying very hard to be transformed, trying very hard to be changed. Once they saw what the truth was, they realized what, how they have been deceived by the enemy. They saw what, what false lives they have been living. They realized how much that they were deceived. And that's why they, they can naturally uh, be separated from these, these false, false things that the enemy has planted within them. So, once you meet the true God, the one true God, everything else becomes very natural for you. So, listen to the stories of the young adults. And Pastor Kim also said that... Um, 
the young adults did not only just receive grace from this conference, but they were, they were able to be separated from their, uh, from their self-centeredness. And we're not trying to compliment the young adults for what they were able to do, but in the perspective of the young adults, once they were willing to open up their hearts to the Lord a little bit, the Lord came into their hearts and completely touched them, completely transformed them through that, through that little opening. And the reason why the Lord has allowed this time upon us is because it is so important and so urgent for the young adults to rise in this, in this season. So when you think of the book of Galatians, what do you think of? Some people think of uh, the, the, the nuclear reactor of the gospel. Some people think of, of purity. But when you look at the main text today, twice, twice, Apostle Paul tells the people that if anybody else preaches another gospel to you, then he will be cursed by God. So, in this one little chapter, we didn't even finish reading the first uh, chapter one of Galatians, but that is mentioned twice that people will preach false truths will be cursed. And Galatians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Galatia saying, I cannot watch as you get contaminated, as you get polluted by these false teachers. So the church of Galatians was a church of Gentiles. And from Jerusalem, people would send leaders and representatives to, to go and, and minister this church. But who were these people that came from Jerusalem? They were Jews. They believed in Jesus, but they, they believed that you have to be circumcised in order to be saved. And you, have to, you had to keep the law, the, the Jew, Jewish law, in order to be saved. So they were mixed in this sense. And those were the people that visited the church of Galatia. And that's why the, the, the truth or the so-called gospel that they were preaching was false. And Paul knew of, of what, was happening, what was happening to this church. And that's why he wrote this letter. And as soon as he realized that, that uh, the, the churches of Jerusalem were sending people to the church of Galatia, he, he, he stopped what he was doing and, and, and uh, went to intervene. So I'm not, and, uh, and past, uh, Apostle Peter also visited the Church of Galatia. But he, as you know, he was, a, he was an apostle that was serving and ministering the circumcised people, the Jews. And think about how the Church of Galatia saw Peter when he evaded them, when he, when he separated himself from the, from the Gentiles when they were feasting. Think about how rejected they would have felt. And think about what that, think about how that motivated them to, to circumcise themselves or to follow the, the Jewish laws in order to be saved like Peter was or like the other Jews were. So this was not a problem just for the Church of Galatia, but this was an issue that were, were, had the potential to completely destroy the, the, the core of the gospel. And that's why Paul rebuked Peter for his actions. He asked him, are you to be saved by the Spirit or just to be saved by your deeds or by following the law? So once, when, you, when you see how Paul has rebuked Peter in front of, in front of this church, you realize the, the message of Galatians, what, what, the, what the book of Galatians is trying to teach us. So what I want to share today is, is not is nothing complex or nothing great or, or there there are no such um, like 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 extraordinary revelations. But I just want to talk about the gospel of the Lord, and especially because the young adults realize what is true now. Now that now that they have seen what the truth is during the through the conference, and since they know what is true, 
They don't have to work hard to separate themselves from what is false anymore because they have received the truth that is going to naturally help them to separate everything that is not true within them. So let's look at verse 4. And verse 4 is the core of today's sermon. So if you look carefully at verse 4, you realize what I'm trying to share through the sermon of today. Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. You can separate the sentence into three, three phrases. So, first of all, Jesus Christ uh, was willing to give himself, give his own body through the will of the Lord. And he also gave his body for us to rescue us from the present evil age. And he also uh, gave himself in order to save us from our sins. So you can see the three motives that Jesus had in coming to the world. He was sent by, he, he came according to the will of the Lord. He came to, to rescue us from our sins. And he also came to rescue us from this evil age. So number one, Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. In the original text, it doesn't, it doesn't mention the word uh, redemption or his body, but it just says he gave himself, so the English translation is more correct. What is the gospel then? Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. This is talking about the Lord taking, resolving the issue of our sins. And you might ask, Pastor, isn't that, so, isn't that very simple? Isn't that what everybody knows? Why, why do you have to mention that again in, in this sermon? Then I'm going to challenge you guys like this. Have you seen the cross? Have you encountered the cross? Especially the young adults and the youth of Ensi and the elementary kids. Especially challenge you. Because while I'm looking at you, I have this thought. I saw, I see a lot of characteristics, characteristics of, of being born in faith in you guys. And that characteristic... I, on the other hand, was not born in faith. And like our head pastor, I had to... I was met with the Lord after being an adult. And so my life is clearly separated into before meeting the Christ and after meeting Christ. And so when I look at my old pictures, my face looks weird, even in my own eyes. But when I look at the pictures after I have met Jesus, I see a lot of change that has happened in my overall appearance. And I think the reason for that is because all of these evil spirits have left my body after I was saved and redeemed. But the gospel surely tells us that we must encounter the Lord's, the Lord's cross. And this is not something mystical or abstract. It is reality. Pastor Kim always talks about the Damascus event and confirmation of salvation. And he says, I have nothing to say to those who don't have this confirmation. And I cannot uh, explain to them the kingdom of God. So should I sh ask our kids, do you know what, what confirmation of salvation is? I think you guys all know the answer. It's righteousness, uh, faith, and life. Our kids know the, right, know the right answers because they were taught in school. So this is, is the beginning of our salvation. And the beginning of our salvation starts from the cross. If you have not gone through the cross, then your salvation cannot begin. So um, now I'm going to challenge the young adults and the kids of Ensib. Guys, have you seen, have you, have you encountered the cross? When Pastor Kim talked about the cross before, he says you have to encounter the cross. You have to see the cross. I'm not talking about a vision. Am I, am I talking about a, a specific event? No, I'm not talking about things that are mystical. 
if you have been saved and redeemed by the Lord, then you have gone through this, uh, this encounter of the cross. In Galatians, it also mentions uh, since I have died on the cross with Jesus Christ, it is not I who live, but Christ who lives through me. That's, that is also mentioned in, in Galatians. So, guys, <clears throat> the Damascus event was, was an event that Paul met on his way to Damascus. And he saw the resurrected Jesus. And through that encounter, he was able to be saved because he realized that Jesus was the, was the true Messiah who, who came and died for, for my sins. And that's why it is very important for us to, to encounter this, this man, uh, Damascus event, which is something that Pastor Kim also very heavily emphasizes that we must do. Because this event is not specific to Paul. It is, it is a great grace that God has given to him, but it, is, but, it is, but it is also available for all of us. So you have to see yourselves and check yourselves to see whether or not you have gone through this event. But if, if not, and this is not just the young adults or the kids, if you're unsure about whether or not you have, had, you have gone through this experience, then, that's, then something is wrong because people who have encountered the Lord cannot be unsure about this, about this experience. But if, if you have not lived fully with, with, uh, through that encounter, then you have been living a religious life because you're unsure whether or not you have met the true uh, Savior. The, the issue of salvation is very clear. So if you have seen the Lord, if you have experienced the Lord, then that means you have been saved. But if not, then it is, it is not true that you have been saved. Paul has met the Messiah. He saw the cross and he saw the Lord's resurrection. Paul was on his way to Damascus in order to persecute the Christians and, and obliterate the church. But a person that was directly against the Messiah came to, came to meet the Messiah and was turned completely upside down. But after he has met the Lord, his life was changed completely and he became the one that was chased and became the one that was persecuted for the gospel. But you can know from the attitude of Paul that he would never once was, was, uh, did, did he regret becoming, becoming a Christian and living for the gospel. The two sides of the gospel is, of course, we have to be thankful for what Jesus has done for us. You know, we have to be thankful that he has saved us and died for our sins. But on the other hand, we must also die on that cross with him together. If you have encountered the cross correctly, then, then you would have no other thought but, but allow yourself to surrender, to, to surrender yourself to the cross as well you'll be willing to die for this gospel that has been given to you. And as we're familiar with, with, with the cross, we, we know of the precious blood that was shed for us on the cross. And that blood has the power to, <coughs> to, to destroy sin, to erase sin. And since that blood is, is, is coursing through us, Pastor Kim also mentioned this before, and that is we don't have to beg the Lord to come and help us, to, to, to come and save us again, because that blood is already within us. And He has given us everything that, is, that, that allows us to, to overcome our sins. So once you, even if you commit a sin, if you have done something wrong, all you have to do is repent and utilize the blood that I've given to you and you will be victorious once again. You can become righteous once again. And you can say to the enemy, what, what, have, what charge can you bring against me? So, and you can say to the enemy, where, oh, death, where is your sting? And the reason why we can so, be so bold in our place is because of the blood that is within us. And in Hebrews, uh, 
in the pre-Hebrews it says the one who is holy and the one who has been made holy are, are, are equal, are the same. And it also goes on to say that Jesus himself is not embarrassed, is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. And, the, and his reasoning to, to call us brothers and sisters is not from pity or from, from compassion. That's not the relationship that we have with him. He calls us brothers and sisters because we have been made into the same being as himself. And that's why he calls us brothers and sisters because we are we come from the same nature now. So if you're able to see the righteousness that comes from Jesus that has been, been that has been bestowed upon us, that is not a different righteousness. It is not dimmer or less righteous than the righteousness that, that Jesus has, but it is the full righteousness that Jesus has, that God has, which has been given to us. The righteousness that God talks about is complete and perfect in the eyes of God. He, he is basically saying, you are as perfect, as righteous as Jesus. So then what is different? Right now, Pastor Kim is in the land of the great prostitute. He is in Italy. So what is the difference? That is what the great... That is what the great prostitute has done to pollute the gospel. He's saying the righteousness that God has given to himself and the righteousness that he has given to us is different. And in the Catholic world, somebody who, who is more religious than others are called saints. And only a specific few who have been chosen are able to live like Jesus and become like Jesus. And the rest of you, the rest of the congregation, you can never, even if you try very hard, you can never become like Jesus, even if you work hard towards that goal. But we know that we have all been given the same nature. We become the same nature as Jesus. And that is the gospel that I really wish you guys would receive. So secondly, Jesus came to give, he gave himself for our sins and according to the will of our God and Father. So the gospel is basically Jesus giving himself and to, to come to this world, to follow the will of the Lord. And since the Father, so then, if it was the will of the Father, then did Jesus come against His will? That's not the case. He came fully voluntarily because He knew, knew of the will of the Father. I don't know where he's quoting the verse from, but, but the quote goes along saying Jesus chose, he, he, he chose to come to sacrifice himself for our sins. And since Jesus has already made up his mind, he has picked his choice. We must also pick and choose to follow the will of the Lord like our older brother Jesus. If, if Jesus was willing to kill himself and surrender himself, then we must be, be willing to kill ourselves and uh, surrender ourselves for the will of the Lord. So when you're willing to do this, you're, you're willing to put down your own will. You're only willing to put down your own thoughts and completely receive the will of the Father and, and be willing to follow it. So, so, if <clears throat> if you're unable to be obedient, that means you're still holding on to your own passions, your own desires, and your own 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 uh, methods. Sometimes we pray to the Lord, saying, "Lord, I have so many things that I want to do, but I'm willing to." put down everything and follow you. And that's what we call obedience sometimes. And of course, that is, that is obedience. But true obedience that, that, is, that is written in the Bible is, 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 a little bit, is a little bit different. True obedience is when your will and the, and the Father's will become one. 
becomes completely one. And the reason why your life your lives become complicated is because you still hold on to your own wills, your, your desires, and you, you're, you stubbornly hold on to it. That's why things become very complicated and come in conflict. So for example, you were given a bonus uh, for your, 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 your job, at your jobs. Then uh, when you receive this bonus, do you think you are you upset about giving that to the Lord when the Lord inspires you to do so? And thankfully, I think the, the young adults of our church, of our church are all willing to sac give, give everything that they have for the Lord when that inspiration comes to them. But anyways, when I'm, we're talking about true obedience, True obedience starts with the keyword Father. And why is that? Jesus himself did not simply obey the Lord's will, but he, he obeyed the will of the Father because he knew the Father loved him. And since Jesus loves the church also, that's why he was willing to obey the will of the Father and, and sacrifice himself. Our Heavenly Father is a person that, that watches over us 365 days a year and 24 hours a day. He's, watch, he's watching over us and think about how He wants to care for us and, and, and uh, bless us. And that same love is what allowed Jesus to be obedient. And when I talk about true obedience, I think some of you will challenge me saying, you don't know what it's like living in my shoes. You don't know what I've been through. And that's true. I cannot fully understand your situations. And I have not, never walked a mile in your shoes, and that's why I cannot be fully sympathetic for you as well. But, but the love of the Lord does not care and is not influenced by your situation, by your environment. His love is only, is only focused on the truth only focused on what the Bible says because the truth will not be swayed, will not be influenced by a different environment or by a different situation. If the gospel says so, if the truth says so, then that means that, that uh, regardless of anything, the Lord loves us. And even after sharing these things, I'm sure some of you are still having a difficult time swallowing this pill. You might say, I, I still have to go to school. I still have to get married. I still have to do this and do that. When Sister Eunjong came out to share her story, I was very thankful while listening to her testimony. And I really wish that the other older, older spinsters would also be willing to come out and share their stories. And that's why I'm very thankful for Sister Eunzong because she, she's a part of that age group. And the, the fact that she was willing to come out and share her testimony means that she uh, has experienced a spiritual breakthrough. But anyways, I thought about how can the young adults fully understand and receive the love of the Father. And we need to focus on something, and that is, the will of the Lord is, also, is, is always one thing. It's, it's never complex. Why did he sacrifice his own son? It, and the reason for that was to make us like Jesus, to lead us to glory, for us to be glorified. That is the will of the Father. That is the never-changing truth of the Lord's love. And so you have to realize that God has invited you into His love, and His love is going to lead you to become. To, to his, his love has led you to become like Jesus. And no matter what, this will not change. So if you don't, if if you cannot look at your own life, or you cannot look at your own problems through this perspective, 
then you will always, always be, be comparing yourselves to others and complaining, saying, oh, God only loves that person. God only cares for that person. Only that, per- that person receives grace every conference, but I, cannot, I can never do so. No, rather than focusing on comparing ourselves to others, we must focus on God who is always coming to us with His unconditional love. So, um, so it is very important for us to look at Jesus. It is important for us to believe and receive His love. And why is it possible for us to believe in His love then? The, like I said before, the gospel speaks of what Jesus did before us, and which means that it is something that we can also do after Him. And since Jesus was the beginning of faith, and He has also completed the faith, that faith can be received, uh, received by us. And what is that faith ultimately? That faith is a belief in the Lord's love. And believe that God has completed His love through the sacrifice of His Son. And He did not complete this love. He did not complete this faith whilst being a God, a deity. But He, he completed it as a man in this, walking on this earth. He came to this earth bearing the same flesh. And He fully trusted the Lord's love until the very end. And so look at the life of Jesus. Was it better than yours? In any ways, do you fully understand what kind of life Jesus lived? When he was born, he was almost killed by King Herod. And as a child, his father passed away early. So he was probably teased and mocked by his his other kids, saying he is a son of a widow. And none of his his siblings uh, believed that he was the prophet of God. And after he was a... After he was a grown-up, he had to deal with the disciples. Now, after everything has been finished, we know that the disciples did a great thing. But in the beginning, they were all just, just fishermen and, and nobodies. So imagine what Jesus had to go through while caring and, and, and teaching his disciples. And at the age of 33, he had to bear the cross and, and pay, the, pay the, the, the ultimate price for us. So think about his life. And compare it to your, your own lives. Was his life better than yours? Or was it worse? Some of you may think, oh, why am I living like this? How? You can have comfort in seeing all the pain and suffering that he has he will, he had to go through, but the important thing through but the important thing you have to see through his life is to see the faith that he was able to keep until uh, in the midst of all of these difficulties. How was he able to endure through all this while being a mere man? The re- the only thing that allowed him to bear the cross in the end was through fully believing in the love of the Father. So, did that love ever fail? No, even after his death, because of the love of the Father, because of the love of the Father, he was resurrected, and he was given the, the, the authority to rule over all creation. And that's the same for us. Within us, there are many worries and concerns at times. And like I said before, the young adults have many thoughts and many worries regarding their future and their current lives. And because so many things are uncertain for them, they worry about their marriage, their, their future jobs. And some other people might be concerned about their health. Why am I always in pain? Is it the will of the, will of the Lord that I'm, I'm in pain right now? But I'm saying that the will of the Father is, is, is very certain. It's for us to, to be glorified, to, for us to become like His Son, Jesus. So if you fully believe in this, in His will, then you will be bold in your prayers. Because you will be bold before the Lord as well. Lord, Lord, heal me. Lord, would you mend the, my relationship with that, uh, with that body? Or, or would, you, would you give me this money because I need it? 
But when you lose your faith, uh, and when you lose sight of the word of the Lord, you become timid in your prayers as well. You cannot boldly seek things from the Lord anymore. And that's when you fall under religion, fall into religion. So what is the other thing that, that pollutes this love? And that is the spirit of legalism. Spirit. Right now we don't talk about circumcision, but we're talking about the spirit of legalism. And legalism makes us focus on our deeds and focus on the results and our achievements. For example, the law will say you have to be obedient to the church in order to be acknowledged. You have to be obedient to the pastors in order to be acknowledged by the pastors. So think carefully about, about this. Right now, we're not talking about the world. If somebody came to you and said, if you want to be acknowledged by the world, you need to work very hard, then, then we can easily uh, regard that as, as false. But in the, in the church setting, it, comes, it becomes more difficult to differentiate what is right and wrong because being acknowledged by the pastor is not a bad thing. <clears throat> but what you, have to, <clears throat> what you have to check is the order. You, you shouldn't be obedient in order to receive acknowledgement. The, the, the order here is very important. Yerbang Church, especially, we support our young adults. We support the next generation with everything we have. And our pastor, our head pastor, supports and loves the next generation as well. That is the truth. So I'm going to I'm going to say that the church is made up of people who are willing to 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 die for their brothers and the shepherd shepherd is more than willing to give his life for his herd as well. So, we have to look at yourself to see how what is the standard you have for, 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 uh, for checking whether or not your pastors or your leaders love you? Is it, is it when they're kind to you? Is it through the words that they, is, there, is it through their actions or their, their words? No, you have to believe before anything that your head pastor, your head uh, leaders are always, are always acknowledging you and always have this unconditional love for you and they're more than willing to support you in all things that you do. <clears throat> it's not because of what you have done or not because of what you, what you are doing at the moment, but because you are a precious being in the church. And yet remember that this church was chosen by the Lord. And so, you, uh, we can rightfully receive the Lord's love and enjoy it within this church. But if you take things out of order, like I said before, then you will be mixed with religion and you will be mixed with legalism. And I, I <clears throat> encourage you to fully open up your hearts so that you can receive love and let the love flow from you to others. And once you receive that love, you would regard yourself as nothing and be more than willing to, to give yourself for the Lord's kingdom. And now let's look at the last thing. He gave himself to, to rescue us from the present evil age. So when we, let's look at the last uh, point of this verse. So evil age. When we look at this, we can realize that this is very essential. So, uh, what I'm saying is, I thought before that um, it says evil age because 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 the age that people were living in before was not that bad and so people were able to live without with relative ease when they're living in the world but right now since people were corrupt people are corrupt, more corrupted and wicked it is impossible for you to live in, the, in in this evil age but that's not the case this 
This letter, this message was written 2,000 years ago, and that means that the world back then was also an evil age, because that was the present for them. And that means the world was never a good, was never in line with with the kingdom of God. And the last young adults conference talked about uh, uh, what the theme was: um, escape the Bab- escape Babylon or experience an exodus from Babylon. Was that the theme? So the gospel itself also uh, emphasizes what Jesus, what the intentions of Jesus when he came to this earth. He came in order, to, in order to save us, bring us out of Babylon, bring us out of the world. Jesus came upon this earth as a sanctuary. He came as the king. What, so then, what is the completion of escaping Babylon? Why must we escape Babylon? The completion of Babylon is also building, his, building your own kingdom and, and sitting on the throne as the king of that kingdom that you have built. But that is uh, directly against against the kingdom of God. And that's why we have to separate ourselves from, from Babylon, from the world, because we have to fall under the rule of Jesus. So now let's look at the church. Who is the head of the church? That is Jesus. And he should be enthroned in the church. He should be in charge and rule over the church. And so if your church is the church of the Lord, no matter where it is located, no matter who is attending that church, it doesn't matter. Because you will be able to see this, the church, that church is, is, is um, um, a nation that, that Jesus has created on this earth. The kingdom that, that is, the kingdom of God as mentioned in the Bible is not a kingdom that is, that is out of reach, but it is already being shown to us within the church. And people who come to this church, people who are willing to worship the Lord in that church, will realize that all this is true, that, that the church is the kingdom of God, and that we are already experiencing what it, what, it, what it will be like to live in that kingdom. So how is Jesus in charge of the church then? How is he ruling over the church? And this can be explained in many aspects. But when we look at it in the broad sense, there are two things. In Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of God has come upon me, and the anointing of God has come upon me. And that has allowed me to, to share the gospel upon uh, the Gentiles and also save those who have been captives. And pro- and I encourage all those who are sad and save people from the captivity of the enemy. And it, two, we can look at two things, the time of grace and uh, the, the, the vengeance to Babylon. And this is the way that Jesus uh, rules over the church. The day, the season of grace and the day of judgment. So one is love and one is righteousness. Those are the two ways, the two methods Jesus uses to rule over this world. So what is the season of grace then? And that is uh, the year of Jubilee that is mentioned in in Leviticus. So after after seven years, there is the sabbatical in the Jewish calendar. And after the 56th year, there is the year of Jubilee. And what is this year? That year is the year that all things that were taken from you will be, will be taken back. And in that year, all the land that you have to sell because of your financial shortcomings will be given back to you. Everything will be restored. And you have to remember that back in the day, 
You couldn't. If you had no money, if you have your no, had no land, then you would sell yourself to become a servant or become a slave to other people, other masters. And that's why uh, Jesus is a prophet that will bring, bring liberty, bring freedom to those in captivity. Because in the year of Jubilee, everything will be forgiven, everything will be restored. And all those who were, have sold themselves as slaves to others will, ha- will be given their, their freedom once again to return to their families. So God wanted to show us what His grace means, what His grace meant. But never once in the history of Israel were they able to actualize the year of Jubilee. So you can see from this how wicked people are. So that's why Jesus had to come himself to, to show us what the grace of the Lord is. In the nations of the world, do the people serve the king or the king serve the people? It's usually the people serving the king. And now I'm trying to get serious. But if, when I look at your faces, I don't want to get too serious. But let's move on. The kingdom of God is completely different from the kingdom of earth. The, the, the kingdoms in the world, to the poor, to the weak, to those who don't have power, they have to serve those who are in power. But in the kingdom of God, the highest king is willing to serve the lowest beings in, the, in that kingdom without any, any uh, strings attached. In, in John it says, those who... So this is a weird country, it's a weird kingdom because those who are, want to become high will become low and those who become low will become high. And the Son of Man was co- has come in order to serve those who are beneath Him. And after the, 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 the sacrifice of Jesus, we have been given this, the identity, the, the, we have been given identity as the, the, the children of God. And as his royal heirs, we can also serve and be served in his kingdom. So why then is this, is this church always so busy uh, pouring out money to other, other churches? Why are we so busy going overseas to hold these conferences? It's because we are under the dominion of the Lord. And through this church, God is revealing and manifesting His, His dominion upon the world. So if, if, we are, if we need to manage so many ministries, why then are we not uh, storing up money in order, to, in order to serve others? The reason why we continue to pour out money without any consequences is because the grace of the Lord is priceless and it cannot be bought with money. And, and so money shouldn't be a problem when it comes to, when it's to uh, uh, pouring this blessing upon others. So not long ago, the three, three kids from Honduras came, and this is their third visit to Korea. And so th- change, your, change your perspective and think of yourself as, as those three uh, kids from Honduras. You were born and raised in a poor country, and your, your mother is the head pastor of a small little church. But a church that is halfway across the world invites you to, to, to go to their country, to go to their church and be, be served good food, to go on uh, trips and, and be cared and loved for. Imagine, imagine uh, uh, everything that has, has, has happened to them in, um, um, through their perspective. This is a gift, a present that they may have never, uh, may, may never get the chance to experience before. But it was possible through the church, through the love of the Lord. So the other way that the, that Jesus rules over the church is with judgment, and his his through his righteousness. 
and on that on the day of judgment all the evil spirits and all those who are unwilling to repent will will perish through the Lord's judgment because God is stern stern God is very stern when it comes to evil and wickedness in the book of Exodus when the Israelites were escaping uh, Egypt Egypt first took the Israelites into captivity by killing their fathers and mothers and taking the kids as, as slaves and when it came time for God to save his people because Pharaoh was disobedient they had to go through all the plagues and at the end the Pharaoh had was killed in the Red Sea because of his disobedience because God eventually and for sure he's going to punish evil for what it is so right now how then should we fight against this evil when the young adults came out can't come out to, 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 to share their testimonies they keep mentioning spiritual warfare they realize now that they have realized how much they have been deceived and how much has been taken away from them they are motivated to fight and the, and the power that we receive in order, to, in order to be victorious in this, in this spiritual warfare comes from holiness. The world is going to be destroyed. So if you're mixed with the world, you cannot fight against what you're mixed with. So young adults and everybody, you need to proclaim holiness upon this land, upon your time, upon your, your material wealth, and upon the people that you have relations with. You need to proclaim holiness you have to proclaim that it is God's money that it is God's time and that it's God's people and I really pray and hope and I know that you will be victorious in all this so what is this other gospel A different gospel does not necessarily have to be something that is false, but it may be an incomplete gospel. For example, you might only be talking about the Lord's kingdom. You might only be talking about His love, or you might be only talking about the day of judgment. So imagine a church that only proclaims one of these gospels. If you only proclaim the day of judgment, then God is going to be a judgmental God, always judging your sins. And that's why it is important to share also the, 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 the grace of the Lord and also His righteousness. So now that we're finished with verse 4, let's go on to verse 5 and 6. To whom be glory uh, for, for, forever and ever. Amen. So Paul, after he has seen the gospel, he is able to turn all the glory to the Lord. And he knows that we are not simply people who have been saved from, from our sins, but we can become like Jesus because that is the identity and nobility that, I've got, that God has given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus. We have become His children. We have been adopted into His sonship. And that's the, that's the promise that God has given to us in the beginning for us to become holy and blameless. That's the gospel that He saw. And not just that, it, he didn't stay, he didn't retain this, this uh, gospel for himself, but he started to proclaim to others because he knew that God, is, God wants to rule over this world through his churches. And <clears throat> the more people who are able to realize this gospel and receive it, the more God will be able to work through these people and, 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 and execute his holy influence upon the land. But in verse 6, Paul has seen his gospel, the gospel, <clears throat> but the people have been turning to a different gospel. The Galatian church, the church of Galatia, has received a different gospel than the one that he has received. <clears throat> So now uh, Paul is fighting against legalism in, in the Church of Galatia. He's saying, what is the true gospel? Are you going to live by faith or are you going to live by the law? Did you receive the Holy Spirit through grace or are, did you receive the Holy Spirit through the law? So you can see that Paul is a little bit heated up. And why is that? 
is because Paul was given the calling to God, uh, because Paul has been trusted by God with his gospel. God has trusted Paul with his gospel. And he knew of his task, he knew of his calling. And that's why <clears throat> in this, throughout this whole letter, he's very upset and, and fighting, fighting very fervently against these false gospels. So now let's look at the three callings of Paul. And the first calling is uh, the individual calling. In verse 1 and 10, it says, uh, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. That's how he introduces himself. In verse 10, am I now willing to win, trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. He knew exactly how God has called him. Not, he was not called by man, but by God. An apostle is a person that is called by God and sent by God. So who has called you to this church? Was it Pastor Kim? Was it Mrs. Kim? Was it your, your uh, acquaintance? No, you were called here by God. And this may seem easy, but it, it is not easy at all. Think of yourself as Paul <clears throat> and going to his situation. Think about the situation Paul was in in the beginning of his ministry. And so there was, a, there was this executive director of, of the Christian church in Jerusalem, and they were sending leaders to Galatia. And Paul went against Peter and rebuked Peter. But Peter wasn't a direct disciple of, 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 of Jesus. And who was Barnabas? Barnabas was the person that, when everybody was afraid of Paul was willing to go and, and listen to the story to, to the, the testimony of Paul and help him on his mission trip and I'm sure you all have a person like Barnabas in this church but when you see that person preaching a different gospel what are, what are you going to do? In a, in a humanistic way when you look at the hierarchy and, and um, just experience in general, you, it, it doesn't make sense for Paul to go against Peter who has more experience with, with being a follower of Jesus. But why was it possible for Paul to rebuke Peter? It's because he was able to see the glory of his calling. So we must all be able to see the, the glory in our callings as well. Because if you see this glory, then for example, and Peter also saw the glory of his calling. And Barnabas also saw this glory as well. But when, when Paul was rebuking Peter and, P and Barnabas, do you think it became a problem, an issue for them in their relationship? No. They would listen to, to what Paul was saying and they realized their faults. So, not... You must also see the glory, but everybody else must also see the glory of their calling for, for us to be completely free of the influence of humanism. And that's the way we can uh, uh, stop ourselves from preaching a different gospel or stop others from preaching a different gospel. Now let's look at the calling of the eight, that age, the calling of that generation. In verse 2, it says, And all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at this, it says, the Brothers and sisters, and, and all the brothers and sisters. When you look at the other epistles of Paul, he, he talks about his co-workers. He mentions his co-workers in the introduction. And now he says, to all the brothers and sisters with me. For example, let's say Pastor Kim was to write a letter to Costa Rica. He would say, I, Pastor Kim, am writing to you with, with uh, Deacon Park of Yervang Church. That's, that's what Paul is, is doing right now. But, 
But when you look at the apostle epistles, <coughs> there are there are eighty, around eighty of these introductions or greetings. And we also must know of our calling to this church. And that calling must, must become bigger and bigger for you. During the Young Adults Conference, many of the other Zoe Ministry uh, Young Adults came out to, to share their testimonies. So, rather than only focusing on your calling to this church, you must be able to look at your calling in a broader sense. You have been called as a Christian in this day and age, a remnant in this nation. In the age of Paul, uh, God worked upon us, upon them in the same way. Paul was able to build many churches around the Mediterranean area through the grace of the Lord. But back then, they, were they weren't able to call one another. They weren't able to give, uh, have emails. They weren't able to hold conferences. And what tied them together was the gospel, was the truth of the Lord. With one truth, with one gospel, with one operation of the Holy Spirit, the early churches were able to rise with such power. And they were able to uh, reveal the Lord's kingdom upon uh, their, their age. So it's the same for us as well. Upon the churches of Zoe Ministry and upon all the churches that we have an, a connection with, the reason why we, we continue to pour uh, the gospel upon us is not because we want to we increase our numbers, because we want to become a bigger organization. No, Zoe Ministry is built because uh, the reason why we're... we're, 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 we're um, Focusing on the truth is because we need to be built upon the same truth system. If Yerbang Church is to be the heart of this ministry, then some other, then other churches will be the arms, the legs, uh, the back. And so we all have a different function within the same body. So the reason why we're growing in numbers, the reason why this ministry is expanding is because of the, the calling that has given to, been given to us for this age. So back during, uh, during the, the, the time of Galatians, back then they were uh, worshipping, the people were worshipping the emperor as a king, as the god of, of their age. But the early churches were, be, were able to rise against that trend. And when the other people came to, to persecute them for not following the will of the emperor, if they wanted to evade any troubles, then they could have said, oh, we're just following Jewish customs. But that's not what they did. If they were not contaminated, if they were not uh, mixed, then they would have been able to fully proclaim that we follow the, the one, Lord, one Lord who is, the, who is God. So now let's pray about what we have listened to. And today I have shared upon uh, callings. I've talked about callings. And in, sec and in First Thessalonians 2, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by finding something arguments. For, the, for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is, faith in Christ is. This is a message not given to Paul, not just given to Pastor Kim, but given to all of us. It is a message that is given to this church and given to all the ministers of, of your own church as well. God So no matter what you're doing in this church, God regards you as right, as righteous through your cell group meetings, through your intercession, through your, your businesses. 
is because through all these things, you're, you're able to uh, uh, let the glory of the gospel shine through it, be revealed through your, your ministries. So now as we conclude this sermon, let's sing a song. During uh, praise and worship, I was actually very shocked while listening to the praise songs. It's because I'm not that good of a singer and not that good of a praise leader. But since I'm the leader of this worship, I wanted to lift up a song to the Lord. And I thought of three songs that I wanted to sing. But pa- uh, Pastor Hashin actually sang all three songs that I, have, I had in mind before while preparing for this sermon. So that's how great he <laughs> That's how great he is as a praise leader. He sang all three songs that I had in mind. So, to personally, that was a great grace that I, I received. So, let's sing this song and we'll go into prayer. Now we really want to completely be freed from any other gospel. Lord, we, we, we wish, we desire to receive your love. We're not only just wanting to support uh, the young adults or the next generation, but we want to truly love our brothers and sisters. We want to truly support them in all of their ways. Lord, we want to, would you continue to pour your love upon us so that we may love one another more. Lord, help us to believe that this is the truth that, the, that brothers should be able to die for their churches to die for their, their other brothers let us receive this as the truth and our church is built upon this truth let the glory of your gospel come upon us so that we can receive our calling in faith and live by faith Lord continue to pour your love upon us Continue to pour your love upon us. The Roman Church is a church that is ruled over by the Lord, by, by Jesus Christ. And that's why you can love, that's why you can be, you can fight, and that's why you can be victorious in all things. And especially upon the young adults, Lord, would you continue to pour your love, pour your, your strength, pour your power and authority upon them so that they can be victorious in their spiritual warfare. Just like how Jesus ruled over the church with grace and righteousness, with love and with judgment, let, let the young adults, let the next generation also rise with this power. Let them rule over all creation with grace and with power. Lord Father God, we thank you upon your one church. You have shown us who the king is. You have shown us what your glory is. And we thank you for showing us all these blessings. Lord, upon our next generation, would you continue to shine the light of your glory so that our next generation uh, can rise with, with, with this glory. So would you bless their steps so that no matter where they go, they may proclaim uh, your gospel and as your sons and as your daughters, would you help them to live uh, within your love? Now by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, in the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit, through Saint, be upon who are willing to, to live with this gospel, who are willing to live with the holiness of the Lord. Let it be upon their families, upon their churches, upon Zoe, upon Yerbang Church, upon all the remnant churches of this world. May this blessing rest from now on till forevermore.